That is my testimony. He said, I was a serial killer. I was a persecutor who became a Christian. And Paul lets us know that it was not that long ago. Matter of fact, it was just a few chapters ago when I found myself on a Damascus road. Paul says, and a light shined from heaven, knocked me off my horse. And I heard the voice of the risen Christ. Paul said, it was just a few chapters ago. Well, you know, I... I am amazed, and let me just throw this out here, how some people try to act like God ain't never brought them through nothing. Now, but somebody ought to be honest this morning and say it was just a few few chapters ago when I was tied up in some things. Uh, tell your neighbor it wasn't that long ago. Some of y'all still got the smell of lucky strikes in your lungs because it wasn't that long ago. You got the smell of weed still on your fingers. It wasn't that long ago God delivered you. Uh, you still got some of them hoochie clothes hanging up in your closet because it wasn't that long ago. Just a few chapters, just a few years. Uh, I know it's going to be quiet over here so I'm going to preach over here. What I'm trying to get you to understand and what I want to semantically suggest this morning is that the devil can tie you up in some things. Oh yeah and you should have been uh, dead by now but God keeps on keeping you because the devil knows if you ever get loose. Uh, He knows that knows that he is in trouble. Yeah tell somebody you have not seen the best of me Uh, if I ever get loose because this is me under pressure. Uh, This is what I look like when I got a little bit of duress Uh, this is what I look like when I am struggling but if I I ever, if I ever get free, sometimes I got to preach under pressure. Sometimes I have to dance and sing and shout under pressure. I'm just trying to say this is not all that there is to me. Paul, Paul, you got to see him in your sanctified imagination. Paul, my good friend, Dr. Sir Walter Mack describes Paul. He says Paul was an intellectually gifted individual. But he was um, kind of a funny looking. Yeah, he, he, he was academically astute, Paul was, but he was a little hard on the eyes, Paul. He had lips like burnt rubber bands. He had a cone-shaped head, and he had a, bur- a body like Urkel. He had a comb over and some cauliflower ears and Paul had teeth yet he, yeah he did but but he had a tooth in every other spot he had tooth their tooth everywhere all right come on and and Paul was not a good looking brother no he was ugly yes he was as a matter of fact he wasn't just ugly he was biggie smalls flavor flav oh lord yeah he wasn't no good looking man but he had somebody holler a testimony Well, that is what landed Paul in jail. The Bible lets us know that Paul says in the 26th chapter of Acts, having therefore obtained help from God. Paul said, I continue unto this day. What am I doing? I'm witnessing. I'm testifying to everybody that I meet, great and small. Paul says, I tell everybody about my personal testimony. Paul said, I try to hold my peace, but I I, I can't help myself. I share my story with everybody that I meet, how I met the Lord. Those powerful words were spoken by a man who is responsible for about 75% of the writings of the New Testament, Paul. He had a tremendous testimony. Everybody who loves the Lord ought to have something good to say about the Lord. Well, in the 28th chapter of the book, somebody say of Acts. 
Paul. He had gotten in trouble with the government for preaching the gospel. He was talking too much, uh, running his mouth, testifying too much about the goodness of the Lord. And now the Bible lets us know that he's being taken to Rome. Why? To appeal his case before Caesar. Paul was placed in the custody of a Roman soldier named Julius. Julius, he was a, a hardened Roman officer. He was assigned to guard Paul day and night. He had to be up close and personal. He had to watch Paul's every move. Paul was taken to Rome to stand trial for preaching the gospel. He was in trouble with the government not because he persecuted somebody. That was a few chapters ago. Not because he brutalized innocent people. Not because he terrorized men, women, and children who had done nothing. That was his former life before his conversion. But now, somebody holler now. Now he's being taken prisoner to stand trial because he was working for the Lord. That is a point right there. See, trouble always comes your way when you are working for the Lord. As a matter of fact, I believe that I got about two or three people on every row who will agree with me that things didn't really get hot until I got serious about my walk with the Lord. The road got rough, but it didn't really get tough and until I started, uh, you know, stop being wishy-washy and sometime. Eh? The reality is the more serious you are about the Lord's work, the more trouble you will get yourself in. Do I have the right church this morning? You didn't have this problem over here when you were straddling the fence. Uh, you didn't have that problem over there when you were living in the gray area. You weren't going through anything when you were wishy-washy, flam-flam, and okie-dokie. But the moment you got serious and said, okay, God, is you and me. Uh, the moment you said, Lord, I am available to you. Uh, that is when the CEO of Steal, Kill, and Destroy, come on, uh, came to see about you. Trouble will always find you. When you are working for the Lord, why? Because the devil, he's angry because he's been deposed. He's angry because you went AWOL. And he lost a good soldier and some of y'all were one of his best recruits. He made it a full-time occupation to come against you, to try to get you to understand that you keep you from understanding that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. That you are the victor and not the victim. It is the devil's plan to keep you thinking that you are a loser. Well, now, Bishop, why are you telling us all this? I know you're thinking about it. Why are you giving us all of this background information? See, I am convinced without a shadow of a doubt that when it comes to God working in our lives, sometimes our greatest enemy is not always the devil. But what I want to suggest to you this morning is that sometimes your greatest enemy is yourself. Okay, I can't get no help in here. You better turn to your neighbor and say, okay, sometimes it's me. Tell them sometimes it ain't nobody. I am the problem. Uh, so that really the challenge is not always the devil. Uh, because the Bible says you can rebuke the devil. The word says you can resist him. Uh, and if you resist him, what will he do? He will take off and flee from you. Uh, look at your neighbor and tell him the devil ain't always your problem. 
Sometimes it's your thinking. It's the way that you think that stops you sometimes. Uh, Sometimes it's your thinking that blocks your blessings. Uh, It's your thinking that can keep you from experiencing God. It is your thinking that can keep you from getting all that God has for you. Uh, So if you can just work on your thinking, if you can let God work on your mind. You see, I've come to understand this. And let me throw this on out here, Bishop Parker. If the devil had left me alone, I would have been nothing. If the devil had left me alone, I would have been mediocre. If the devil had left me alone, I would have been average, run of the mill. You've seen one, you've seen them all. He tried to play me. The devil tried to intimidate me and make me back down. But you know what? Opposition made me stronger. Adversity made me more determined. Come on, somebody, put my CD aside. I'm enjoying my own preaching this morning. Come on, it is not always the enemy because God can still do exceedingly abundantly above anything that you could ever ask or or think because God just keeps on using you and keeping you even with your broke down self God keeps on using you even when you don't qualify even when you're all messed up even when you still got issues God will keep on using you even when you are damaged goods Uh, even if you've been through some things and fallen short of his glory well Paul, Paul, he's on his way to Rome Look at the rhythm of the text. Paul is on his way to Rome and he's on a ship. Yes, and a typhoon hit. And Paul and his comrades, they were shipwrecked. Paul and the other men had to jump off the ship. And they made it to the island of Malta or Melita. The Bible says that the people on the island welcomed them there. And they gathered together some sticks and began to build a fire. Just then the Bible says that a snake crawled out of the fire and fastened itself onto the hands of Paul. What you need to know is that this is not a garden snake. What you need to know is that this was not a worm. This was not a grass snake. But the Bible lets us know that it was a viper. Everybody stood around and they sensed something dreadful was getting ready to jump off. Paul said, don't sweat it. Don't be afraid. Don't you even think about it. Paul says, because an angel came to me in a dream and told me that I I would surely arrive to my destination and stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness, listen to this. Uh, Paul said, God told me through the angel uh, that he would grant safety to every Everybody's sailing with me. You need to tell somebody on your row, I told you I'd like you to talk to the person next to you. You need to tell your neighbor it's going to be smooth sailing just because you are sitting here with me. Tell them this is a blessed road just because I am here. Matter of fact, this is an anointed part of the sanctuary because I'm in the seat. There are some things that the devil can't even do to you because I'm praying for you. I'm interceding. I'm believing God for you Uh, and if I have to I can stand proxy in the praise just for you Paul, Paul sensed that something dreadful was going to happen. A poisonous snake, a viper, was driven out of the heat and fastened itself to the hands of Paul. But this is what bothers me about the text. And since it bothers you this morning and I have the mic, I'm going to bother you too. Why would God allow these things to happen to Paul? Why would God? 
God allow these things to happen to such a dear servant, Paul. Paul, he was God's man by now. Now, he was one of God's uh, best servants and doubt climbs in the window of this argument uh, because this is the tension of the text. Why? Why would God allow these things to happen to Paul? Uh, Paul had terrible trials. Uh, he was a prisoner in shackles. He'd gone through a storm for 14 days, uh, abandoned by mutinous sailors. He was shipwrecked. He was in peril. Life was threatened. Had to jump overboard, marooned on a strange island, facing superstition, stranded and destitute. Uh, he was apprehensive and lonely, digging in the dirt in the dark with the sticks to try to build a fire and now a snake is handing or hanging on the brother's hand, biting into his flesh, trying to deposit a poisonous venom into his body to kill him. Why? Why God would you allow these things to happen to Paul? Uh, the Bible lets us know that all the people gathered around Paul uh, saw the snake hanging on his hand. Uh, they thought in their superstition no doubt, uh, this man is a murderer and the gods are taking their vengeance out on him and the Bible lets us know that they watched Paul carefully they waited for him kept their eyes on him watched him waiting for him to swell up they looked at him carefully waiting for Paul to give up and throw in the towel they watched him carefully waiting for him to turn blue and to start heaving and sweating they watched him carefully waiting for him to start heaving and getting the shakes the Bible Bible lets us know that they watched him carefully waiting for Paul to keel over and fall down dead. But the Bible says Paul took one look at the viper. Paul didn't flip out, didn't fall out. He took one look at the viper and he did not start moaning and groaning. Did not start whining and complaining. Did not grab for a Prozac, a Procodown, a Zoloft, a Valium. Didn't start smoking blunts, drinking liquor. Y'all know we just talking. But the Bible says says he took one look at the viper he did not start questioning God he did not start wondering why are all these things happening to me but the Bible the Bible says that he remembered God's promise and he remembered God's protection and God's provision and the heart of the text is what happened next the Bible says Paul took one look at the viper Paul began to just shake it off and when the people of the eye and saw that no harm came to him they were amazed and they changed their minds and they thought Paul was a god Paul was to minister the gospel to them and the Bible says that the entire island turned to Christ what am I saying I knew you would ask God's messenger was shipwrecked but he was saved he was snake bitten but he was healed God took care of Paul at every test and every trial because standing behind the scenes like a puppet master maneuvering events working all things out for the good for his dear servant I just stopped by Mount Calvary today on my way to heaven to encourage three or four people on every row that the devil wrote you off a long time ago but you ought to testify to somebody and tell them I'm still here can you 